轻你手。As I often do, every song I sing, and you never do. So I throw up my hand and praise you again. All that I have is a heart. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. No, it's not much. I'm nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing Hallelujah.
while we're here. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. 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 And I know it's not much. I'm nothing as faithful. But what I have is yours. Except for a heart singing. that they're here tonight. Amen, come on, his presence is in the room today. We're so thankful. What a special time we get tonight to remember, to honor the sacrifice that Jesus made. And to start out our service, we wanna read some scripture together. So if everybody will look at the screen, you'll see Isaiah 53, let's read it together as a church. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal he was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. 
And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Can we just say amen tonight to the reading of the Lord's word? Amen. Let's keep worshiping tonight. Sing about our Savior's amazing love. From the darkness, I called your name. Into darkness, your mercy came. You called me out, you lifted me up. How great is your love. Come on, think about it. You bore my weakness, you took my shame. Buried my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, you lifted me up. How great is your love. Come on, let's tell the story tonight. We sing. From the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth in a Be. 
would you just take a moment right now in your own words and just tell him how good he's been to you. Think that no sin has been hidden. The worst thing that you've done that maybe you hide from others, he saw it and he still died for you and he took that on the cross. What amazing love. Oh, you're so good, God. And we're in awe of you today. What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And so we worship you, God. being thrown tonight on our praises. Rest upon us here, God. As we lift you high, as we honor you, as we thank you, God, as our hearts are just filled, we're so grateful tonight of what you've done for us. May you be honored and adored. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give him praise tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Would you greet somebody near you before you're seated? Tell them it's good to see them and you can grab your seat. Thank you. Leviticus 1, 1 through 13. The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male without defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head 
and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron the priest will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, it may either be a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Then cut the animal in pieces, and the priests will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priests will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. chapter 9. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls, the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which is only a copy of the true one in heaven. 
he entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up on the coast in Mississippi. But my grandfather had a farm that I went to all the time and spent a lot of summers there. And uh, I thought we visited a lot there because we just liked to visit and he liked us being there. I realized we always visited during harvest time. You ever figured that out? <laughs> but I remember he gave us the privilege as the grandkids to come there and he had cattle, he had horses, and he had pigs and chickens and all the like. But whenever there was a calf that was born, he would let one of us name the calf. I'm trying to imagine being a family in the first century before Jesus or in the Old Testament under the old law. I'm trying to imagine as they are preparing to go to the tabernacle or the temple to the meeting place of God, realizing that whether it was a feast or whether they were just going to worship, that in order to go to the meeting place with God, their sins had to be atoned for. They had to travel with an animal, a sheep, a lamb, a goat, a calf that they raised. There was a price to be paid for sin. And that price couldn't be paid with money. It couldn't be paid with words. There had to be the cost of a life, the life of an animal. And it couldn't be an animal that you purchased. This had to mean something to you. 
that family would travel all the way to Jerusalem, to the tabernacle, to the temple, and they would go, and as they went in there to prepare to meet in the meeting place, God said he would be there for them. They had to offer that animal as a sacrifice. I'm trying to imagine the father as the lamb or the calf that they had raised, that they had fed every day, that they had kept safe, that the kids had doted over and loved and named as they brought that animal to be sacrificed. And you didn't just turn the animal over. You didn't just say, here it is, sacrifice him, let me know when it was done, I'll be back in a little while. No, the scripture said that the head of the household, the father had to come, lay his hand on the animal as the family watched, take the knife, plunge it, slaughter, so that the blood of the animal ran on his hands and to the horror of his family reminded them that sin cost something deep. What a traumatic experience. And yet that wasn't a one-time experience. That happened every feast you wanted to come into the meeting place. Every time you wanted to come, the burnt offering was a sin offering. Every time you wanted to meet with God in God's meeting place, something had to be sacrificed so that you could go in and be clean before the Lord. Over and over and over again, year after year after year, countless animals reminding us of our sin. How many times did they leave that place and say, why? How long? Is this it? Is this the best that we can do? Is this what we have to look forward to over and over again, coming back face to face with the same sins over and over again? How long is this going to extend? How many hundreds of animals are going to have to suffer because of the sins of me and the sins of my family? How long, how long are we going to continually deal with these things and the estrangement from God? Hebrews tells us that it was necessary for these animals to be slaughtered, sacrificed, so that the people would be cleansed from their ceremonially uncleanness or impurity. That's a strange phrase because in the core word of being ceremonially unclean or impure actually means to be common. To be common. So what does commonness have to do with coming before the Lord? Well, the Bible tells us that God is holy. And holy at its core meaning means different. That God is altogether different than you and I are. He thinks differently. He acts differently. Our intrinsic nature is different from his. The world's nature is different from his. We are not like him. And the only way that we can come near him is to take on that character of God because Hebrews tells us without holiness... No one can see God. No one can come into his presence. And to be ceremonially impure means that we take what is holy and different and we make it common. We treat God as common. How do we do that? 
We treat God and his holiness, his character, and his commandments as common when we disregard them. When we act as if they're an option, like read your Bible and say, I like this one, I don't like this one, so I'll keep this one, I won't keep this one. Or we treat Jesus like he's one of many ways to God the Father instead of actually what he said, that he is the only way to the Father. We treat the holiness of God as common. But there had to be more. The blood of animals sacrificed to make them pure in order to come simply to the meeting place. But there has to be more. I mean, all this blood, all this sacrifice just to come into the meeting place with God? But what about those people who wanted to have a real relationship, who wanted to draw near to him? There had to be more. And God had a plan. A plan that would not only bring us near to him, but give us what we needed so desperately to restore the relationship with the Father that he intended from the very beginning. But it wasn't going to be easy. And it was still going to be difficult. It was going to be bloody. It was going to cost a life. But it wasn't the blood of animals. It wasn't the blood of mortal mankind. No, it wasn't just any blood. It was royal blood, holy blood, God's blood that was going to be required. So God did something so radical that he sent his holy son, who was perfect in every way, to live this life that we were incapable of living, a life of perfection, so that he could be a sacrifice without spot or without blemish. And he could go to the cross and pay the price that we were incapable of paying, that animals could only uh, once every while just cover and allow us to go into a meeting place. But Jesus came in order us to have a real relationship with the Father. And he suffered and he died for you and me. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 27, about the suffering that Jesus willingly took because John the Baptist said that he was the Lamb of God slain from the very foundation of the world, that he willingly suffered for you and me. In verse 27 of Matthew 27, it says, some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. And they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, grabbed the stick, struck him on the head with it. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe, put his own clothes back on him again, and then they led him away to be crucified. And after they nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself. Come down from the cross. 
And yet the question still begs to be asked, why? Why was it necessary for the animals to be sacrificed over and over again? Why was it necessary that Jesus would have to come and be sacrificed once and for all? Because Hebrews also tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no payment for sin. Somebody had to pay the cost. So instead of you, instead of me, God took it upon himself once and for all. That's why in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, it tells us that just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. And he will come again, not to deal with our sins, because those have been dealt with already. He will come again to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Finally, the problem is resolved. One that only God could fix. One that God offers to us. One final sacrifice. One final price for our sins. All for you and for me. And now the blood of guilt doesn't cover us anymore. Now the blood of Jesus frees us from sin and restores us to the relationship that God has intended all alone. And unlike in the old way, where the head of the household would have to plunge a knife into the sacrifice, and the guilt and the blood would run all over their hands to remind them of their sin, no longer do we have blood on our hands but instead we have the blood of Christ running and coursing through our very veins, giving us life. The Bible says it is abundant life now and eternal life to come. And tonight, as we remember the cross, we remember it was not in vain. We remember it was not an accident. We remember... It wasn't the plans of man that did this. It was the Lord's good pleasure to crush him so that he could raise us. That's how deep the Father's love is for you and for me. And tonight as we celebrate and remember this sacrifice on Good Friday with our worship through his word, and through Holy Communion, we are reminded that that blood was not spilled in vain. But that blood is the very life that we have right now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminders tonight through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that by the grace of God and the word and the worship, that we're reminded that your sacrifice was enough. Your blood was more than adequate 
No longer do we have to come face to face with our sin over and over again. But instead, once and for all, that sin was taken care of by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the sacrifice. And thank you for the hope. Tonight, as we partake of Holy Communion, we remember that the body that is symbolized by the bread was broken for us. And in his brokenness, we're made whole. That the blood that was spilled for us is symbolized by the juice. And by his blood, we have new life. Tonight, don't let us forget how great your love is, how great your sacrifice is. Don't let us forget how long you have sought after us, how deep your love is for us, and how much you long to be with us and for us to be with you. Help us now as we remember to remember your goodness, your grace, your sacrifice, your plan, and your hope. Because Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, and as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We remember what you've done. We remember what you're doing. And we remember the promise that you're coming again. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. We are going to observe Holy Communion tonight by way of intinction. Let me explain if you don't know what that is. You will come forward. There are 12 stations around the room. Find the one that's closest to you. Uh, there are some here. There's some back here. There's some in the mezzanine area. What you will come, do is come. There will be someone that will serve you. You will take the bread that will be given to you. You will dip it in the cup, and then you will take the bread out of the cup and take them together after the bread um, is dipped into the cup. It's by way of intinction, a way that has been done for hundreds of years. Um, tonight, as you do that, I'm going to ask you to just come forward. There's probably not going to be anybody directing you. What I want you to do is just go to the nearest station, be patient. We're going to have time. And just as the Lord leads you, step out and observe it. And when you come down, I want you to remember the broken body, the spilled blood, and now you've been made whole. And I pray that as you do that, whatever need you may have tonight, as you go back to your seat, I'm going to ask you to be bold enough to say, God, I give you this need, whether it's a physical need, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whatever it is, I give this to you because I'm made whole by your blood in your body tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint this time. Anoint these elements. Anoint these, your people, to draw near to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to ask our servers to come forward. And as you feel led, go ahead.
sing it again. All the blood.
deserves all the glory tonight. Amen. Amen. I was reading in Revelation 5 today, and I couldn't help but think about this moment. And so I want to read over our church what it says. It's a revelation um, given to John. And he said, then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Can we just give him praise tonight? Blessing and honor and praise and glory and power, Father. All the praise to him. He is worthy of our praise. So we sing tonight.
drop was on purpose What amazing love And I will make my boast in your cross alone Laying every crown at your feet So we sing
Are you thankful for the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ tonight? Amen. You know, Friday happened, and we're so thankful for it. But Sunday's coming. On Friday, a price was paid. On Sunday, new life was given. And can I just speak to someone in the room, if you are struggling with something right now, and you're waiting on an answer from the Lord, and you feel like you've encountered your Friday and everything's falling apart, what is called Holy Saturday is a day of silence where you wonder where God is. But can I just tell you something? The silence of God is preparing for the resurrection in your life. And he's working things behind the scenes that you cannot see right now. And he's going to bring you out with victory and power and glory and honor because you walk side by side with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And today, I want you to walk out of here knowing that God is with you, even in the silence, and that Sunday's coming in your life. If you believe that, give him praise in this place right now. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being at North for our Good Friday service. I cannot wait to see you on Resurrection Day this Sunday, Easter Sunday. Look, there are four opportunities here, um, 7 a.m. at the, sun, the sunrise service at the ball field, and then 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30 here. Once again, I've told you for two weeks straight, I'm telling you again, I want you to be here. I want you to bring someone. 84% of people say they will come to Easter if someone invites them. So that means of all the people you know, the vast majority of them will say yes. So ask God tonight when you go home, who are you going to lay on my heart that I'm calling tomorrow, that I'm texting tomorrow and inviting and watching their life and their eternity change this Sunday morning? I believe that, and I cannot wait to see that. If you're visiting with us, man, we are so glad you are here, and I hope you'll be here this Sunday. Every time we meet and when we dismiss, um, we speak a blessing over our people. It's based on Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, and literally it says when you speak this, you place my name on them. And so we want the Lord's name to go with you as you leave today. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you folks. Love you. Have a great evening.